Hey, I'm Nick Von Brack, and this is The Record Podcast. Thanks for checking this episode out. If you're a new listener, thanks for checking the show out. If you're not familiar with the show, this is a podcast where I talk to musicians and people who work in the music industry about their history with music, you know, what they do now, what they've done, and just try to get a little in-depth look into those careers, those occupations, and the bands or musicians that you're interested in. Most of these people I've talked to so far are uh, friends of mine or people I've come across or friends of friends. But uh, coming up soon in the future here, I'll be interviewing some people I've never met and actually some people that I've looked up to in my own music career. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting, a little nerve-wracking. Um, it's comfortable to talk to friends and people you know and already have a rapport with, but uh, talking to complete strangers, actually doing some interviewing and some kind of form of journalism is uh, not my forte, but I'm giving it a whirl, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy it, because um, it certainly was, certainly was a new thing for me, but uh, it's really cool, really exciting. So make sure to check out episodes in the near future here. There's a lot of cool, a lot of good guests coming up. All right, iTunes review contest. So uh, I said on last week's episode I would pick a random review from iTunes, and they that person would win a little prize, a little prize package. So the winner is Jake Larson or at Jake M Larson on Twitter. So I will be hooking him up with a little mystery package coming his way. Thanks, Jake, for not only a cool review but the first one too. All right, this week's guest is Kurt Travis. He was the former singer of Dance Gavin Dance and is now also the former singer of A Lot Like Birds. Uh, When we did this interview, he was still in the band A Lot Like Birds, and actually since then, he has uh, left the band. So um, you can follow up more with those details online. There's a couple of uh, stories that have been posted and actually a, a letter that he wrote about the whole thing. So you can get more details on that online. But uh, he is a guy that I've known for a little while here. We did a little tour with Dance Gavin Dance uh, back in the day. And um, we actually, after that, ended up crossing paths a bunch of times, just being in the same place at the same time. And he was always a good dude, always funny, always a good time to be around. And uh, he was definitely one of the people I wanted to get on the podcast. So we got into some good stuff, you know, the usual, his music history and family story. But uh, we also got into some deep stuff. Uh, We talked about divorce. Uh, him joining Dance Gavin Dance and getting kicked out of the band, uh, his solo work, joining a lot like Birds, uh, the time him and I sang karaoke together in Austin, Texas, uh, a lot of good and a lot of good other stories too. So thanks, Kurt. Thanks to thanks for coming on the show and uh, giving me a good chunk of your time. This uh, this interview is two hours long, and I actually went on Twitter and asked around, you know, should I split this up? Should I leave it as two things? But you know, since we have a lot of Uh, good episodes coming up and a lot of things I'm excited about. I'm just going to put the whole episode up, you know, feel free to stop and start and take your time with it. It's a long episode, but I feel like, you know, two hours is pretty much the max that I'll do for an episode on here. Uh, Anything, you know, really beyond that, I'll split an episode into multi-episodes. But this one, I'll just keep as one big long episode and, and yeah, just take your time with it. It's a good one though. He's a good guest. He's had a lot of good laughs and uh, just a good talk in general. So yeah, and I hope you all uh, got out there yesterday. Uh, if you are in Illinois or the other five states that had their primaries and got out there and voted, uh, it's a big important thing. This is an important election, and I know they all are, and I'm not going to get crazy political, but um, 
It's important. It's important if you give a shit about this country or the future or your family or the people that you love to actually vote because it makes a difference. And I'm not going to castrate you guys, the people who support the show, for your beliefs or anything, but I just really hope you didn't support Trump. He is such a piece of shit. <laughs> um, I posted a long rant on Facebook today about it. And uh, again, I'm not a big political guy. I'm not a big uh, ranter either. But, you know, having a family, having a daughter now, it uh, actually makes me want to be about something. And, you know, seeing some of the things he said about women and people of different races and cultures, it's, you know, it's nothing I can really turn a blind eye to anymore. And really, I hope none of you should either. I mean, being okay with this human being means you're okay with those things, with racism and sexism. And I just really hope that's not where our country's headed. But again, that's uh, that's for the experts to talk about. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But Jesus, he is a real, he's a real dumpster fire, that man. Okay, but we didn't get into any of that on this episode, so no need for me to jump all into that right now. But hope you all voted. Hope you have a good weekend coming up here, and uh, thanks for checking out this episode. Again, Kurt Travis, former singer of A Lot Like Birds and Dance Gavin Dance. And uh, make sure to jump on Twitter and post something cool about the podcast and his record label-esque records. Uh, we're going to run a contest this week will be announced on next week's episode, and the winner will get a little prize pack from Ask Records. And he's got a lot of cool bands on there. Uh, I've checked out damn near every one of them, and you should really get into them. It's called Ask Records. And yeah, post something on Twitter about that label or us, and you could win some cool shit. All right, Kurt Travis, right now. up homie how you doing good good <laughs> glad that i caught you uh a good a good hour after you woke up for the day so you're not too groggy <laughs> yeah i told my wife i was like because i i haven't been working since uh let's see december okay and uh, i was like i i have to cherish these late nights of video games and you know sleeping in <laughs> that's true man uh, before I before I go clock the rest of my life back in. There so. you go. <laughs> when, when do you go clock the rest of your life back in? I just got uh, my job back at Urban Outfitters. Okay, cool. And I'm still touring and doing you know other stuff, uh, yeah. obviously. But um, yeah, they're they're cool with me going out on tour and coming back and stuff. So nice. Um, I used to work there, and then. Um, I joined a lot like birds and we went out on a tour for four months and wow. they were like, yeah, four months is a little too long. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I understand that. How long so, did you work there before you left for the tour? Was it like a week and then you're like, peace? <laughs> no, it was like, it was almost a year. I think I was there oh, for okay. like 10 months. Yeah. So I had been working there and then like, 
you know, I joined a lot like birds and, you know, that just went really quickly. Right. Um, and so I was just like, well, you know, the, we, we got these, you know, we had a tour booked and then we had another tour and then we had another tour after that and it was all consecutive. So, um, you know, the, uh, the thing I had to do, I was just like, all right, well I'm leaving, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm putting in my two weeks, but, uh, yeah, but, um, the manager, the store manager that, um, they actually switched store managers, um, right before I left, but, um, I had a really good relationship with the newest one and she's still there. And so it was a really easy process. Like literally I went in for Christmas to buy Christmas gifts and she was there and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, I just got back from a tour and she was like, you know, so you're just going to, you know, kick it for a while. And I was like, no, I'm looking for a job. And she's like, Oh, well you can always work here. And I was like, sweet. I will take you, I'll take you up on that. So yeah, that's good. That's good. You yeah. made that little relationship because now you can kind of bounce in and out whenever you're, you know, whenever you have enough time off the road, you can go over there and work and earn a little side catch. Exactly. Exactly. Supplemental income, my yeah. friend. Yeah. You know, there's no downtime. You always got to be doing, you always got to yeah. be hustling. Exactly. So I, I mean, at least I'm going to try to, um, yeah. my wife, she, my wife, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime she, I hear my wife, I can't, even when wife. I say it, I just, I just <laughs> automatically my wife. Um, she's, she works really hard. So it, we kind of push each other to, you know, that's a, that's a good, that's a good person to have in a relationship. But yeah. if you, and this isn't saying this about you, this is about anybody else. If you're not a hard worker, and you see your significant other being a hard worker, you're like, all right, I got to pull my shit together. Right. Or, or you're just completely oblivious, and then they just leave you at some point. But like you said, it's a good, it's a good person to have because it, it pushes you. You want to be a better person because you know, they're working so hard. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So you two, do you two run-esque records together? We sure do. That's yeah. awesome. How did that come to be? Um, You know, it, it was just kind of like I started – Managing bands. Um, yeah. When, okay. So we can rewind back even. Yeah. Further. How did that yeah, come so, out? So, like a couple years ago, um, I was on a solo tour with I think it was like Hotel Books and um, I think Damien actually from Speed of Sound and Seawater. Uh, yeah. Which one was it, babe? Tommy Boys. No, that that. Well, I'm talking about Adventurer, though. Yeah, the first time I I was on tour as a solo artist, mm -hmm. I played with this band in Detroit, Michigan, called uh, Adventurer. They were a three-piece band, and they reminded me a lot of, like, I don't know, like, just really kind of 
throwback screamo yeah kind of fall of troy sound and i was like man and they pulled a bigger crowd than i did and and uh well they they were from detroit but the kids were just going nuts and i was like damn this band is freaking good (laughs) and so i talked to them after the show um and you know just we we started doing stuff together but um that was the kind of the start of it and uh, I was kind of bringing all my bands to Blue Swan. I was going, Will, check this band out. Will, yeah. check this band out. Will, check this band out. And um, so after a while, I just kind of realized, like, well, why am, I, why, why am I sending all these bands to Blue Swan? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, why don't I just make my own thing? I want the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and and for for bands that you know were starting out, right? Um, getting signed to a record label is a big deal. Yeah, you know, um, not really for any reason at all. Right. I, I don't think. I, you know, I'm I'm downplaying even my own you know uh, thing. I, I I I do think that record labels play a huge part still, but. Um, you know, for a band to get signed to a record label, it's like any record label. Yeah. It's it, it kind of, you know, okay, somebody's vouching for this band. Yeah. And uh, and I wanted to be able to do that for the bands that I found um, throughout, you know, uh, managing and stuff like that. And Adventurer really, really helped me out with finding other bands. Cool. And uh, even though they're on Blue Swan Records, because I got them on on Blue Swan, okay. um, a lot of the bands that they, you know, wanted to play with, and, um, you know, were listening to and were telling me, "Hey, check this band out." Um, you know, a lot of those bands made it on Esk Records. So, uh, like In Angles, for example. adventurer they were like they didn't even know who it angles were personally but they were like kurt have you heard this band like they're they're amazing you know like they're from you know pennsylvania and 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 you know they got this going for them and so i really i I really think that that's like a huge thing like if you're going to start a record label and you're going to start managing bands um you know i feel like all the bands should like you know get along, be in cahoots with one another, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, and, uh, share that camaraderie and kind of share the caliber too. Like, uh, like, Hey, we, you know, we like this kind of music. So we want, we want to play with these kind of bands. Oh really? Okay. Well, I'm going to sign that band that you like, that you want to play with, you know what I mean? So that, you know, you guys can go out on tour and, and do things together, you know? Well, that's, so. that's such a fun thing to have for you. Cause 
I remember when we were on tour, we'd see local bands and we yeah. get so psyched on them. And yeah. like, there's a couple times I called or emailed Vagrant and was like, you need to check this out. And then, you know, <laughs> it, just, it just died after that. And I was like, you know, this yeah. is one of those times I want to have my own label, even though I have no idea how to start it or what to do with it. But, you know, there's so many good bands out there that need support and need to be shown to the world. And when yeah. you're in a touring band, yeah, you're just constantly exposed to, I mean, bad bands as well, but when you, you don't forget the good ones, even the ones yeah. that you play with one time in, you know, the middle of nowhere. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you're doing a podcast. I actually, I want to do a podcast for my record label, like yeah. just like a, a monthly or a, or a bi-weekly sort of, sort of thing of just like, Hey, here's, here's the stuff. And I wanted to do a segment of all the submissions that we get like that's awesome you know what i mean like just to kind of give a shout out and be like hey we really liked this um you know unfortunately like we don't have the money you know and we don't have the spot for you right but we really liked this music and you know we you know we want to you know put you on some sort of you know like congratulatory you know platform you know thank you for submitting because we do on our website we have a submission uh, like little uh, area, and we get submissions all the time, and I listen to all of them, man. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, like I, I definitely give every single one a chance, and um, you know, some some stuff comes across, and I'm like, damn, this is this is sick, you know. Yeah. Um, but what am I gonna do with it? Or right. you know, I, I like, you know, I got all my money's tied in 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 the bands that I've already you know yeah yeah uh so but um yeah i mean just stuff like that really that's that's kind of the whole reason why i started this and you know just to be able to help bands and yeah pay it forward man yeah help help bands and you know i i my goal is to kind of take a band that doesn't have a fan base and create a fan base you yeah. know like, um I'm not really looking for the already established band. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm I'm looking for the grassroots, you know, you we esque records and this band coming up together, you know? Yeah. Um which I think uh you know, a record label that I admire a lot is uh, Captured Tracks Records. I haven't heard of them. They're I mean, yeah, they got really cool music. It's very indie uh, you know, hipster music, but, uh, I love it. It, it, a lot of the bands on there, um, there's this band called dive. Um, they remind me of like the cure. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, kind of that, that new wave sound that's coming back actually. Um, there's another band called craft spells. Um, they put out an, an album a, a few years ago, uh, but I, I still love it to this day. Idle Labor, um, just really, really good. They got a, a Needle Drop review, too. Um, I like that guy, The Needle Drop. Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard of that either. I'll have to check that out, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, his name is Anthony Fantano, and he runs a YouTube. Oh, um, you know what? I, I think I have heard of this guy. Yeah. yeah. I, inter- I interviewed Scott Heisel, who works for Substream, and he was talking about somebody who has a huge YouTube page that does album reviews. And I think that's it, who he was talking about. Yeah, it's it's a viral thing. Like, I'm okay. pretty sure like, he doesn't work anymore because yeah. that's just what he does. Okay. But, um, 
But yeah, anyways, uh, Anthony Fantano, The Needle Drop, uh, he did a really good review of uh, uh, Craft Spells, Idle Labor, and there, um, there are cra- uh, a Captured Tracks uh, okay. records band. But anyways, I, my point was just um, I liked how uh, Mike Sniper, he's kind of the pr- – he's I think he's the president. Um, there was a kind of a small documentary. They did a, a Capture Tracks festival and, you know, he really did. He kind of came up with with the bands. Like he didn't – you know, he didn't find an already established right. roster and, you know, he kind of grassroots – you know, the, the whole project and was just kind of like, well, I'm going to fund your record and hopefully it, it is successful. And, and it really, it really was. I mean, it's, it's, they're huge. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Dive is on their second record. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mac DeMarco. Mac DeMarco is the biggest guy on their label. Oh yeah. Okay. Mac DeMarco. Yeah. He's on captured tracks. Okay. And he's like the biggest artist on on captured tracks. Gotcha. Or at least one of them. Um, I, I he's yeah. I've been obsessed with Mac DeMarco for a, a, a couple years now. I feel like. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's funny because I heard uh, all these bands. Uh, another band is called Beach Fossils. Uh, they started a new record label um, on their own, but they were on captured tracks as well. Okay. But uh, yeah, but anyways, you, know, you know a lot just, about that label. Shit, <laughs> I admi- I admire that label because, like I said, just like all these all these artists, like he just believed in these artists, and you know he knew what kind of sound he wanted his label to sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be represented as, and he freaking did it, and yeah. he's super successful. Um, so I don't know. Well, back to your your previous note of wanting to do your own podcast, I say absolutely you should do it. And yeah. uh, in the meantime, before you get it started up or if uh, it doesn't get started for a while, what I've been wanting to do is actually, so I do full episodes, which are like these, the interviews. And then okay. uh, I also do mini episodes. I try to break them up like every other, every two or something. Yeah. And what I've been wanting to do is team up with somebody for those and be like, either have them come on like consistently uh-huh. and do a bit or something. So I don't know. It would have to depend on your schedule and stuff, but I would love you to come on for those little bits and be like, all right, well, who are some bands that you listen to that are awesome and just plug them for those mini episodes. That would be, that'd be so rad. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd love to do that, Nick. <laughs> okay. That's what yeah. we should do. At least until you get your podcast running and that's what you do, but, um, or you yeah. can even still do it, but yeah, that that's awesome. I'd love to do something like that. I'm trying to get my buddy Corey, uh, Lewis to kind of facilitate the whole thing. Mm. Uh, like I'm definitely down to be a part of the podcast and even be on it, but yeah. I kind of want it to be run by a fan. You know yeah. what I mean? Like somebody, and and he really is. He's like one of the best fans that that we have. Um, 
just a really good advocate of, you know, spreading the music. He's just constantly, um, you know, just spreading the good word of like all the bands. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's become a, a good, good friend of mine now. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I kind of, I kind of mentioned it to him. I was like, dude, you should do, you know, you could be the voice of esque records. You know? <laughs> um, and so he was, he was super stoked, but, um, I was on tour and it was just kind of like a, Hey, what if we did this? And then it never really yeah. uh, materialized. But I think he did send me an email of like a bunch of questions that, you know, he thought, you know, the first episode could be. And I was like, Oh, okay, well I'll go through these. And I kind of never did. So, well, I, I will gladly have you on again and again to do little yeah. minis or even just full interviews again. But I, I, that's part of why I want to do this too. Is not just I play drops and music throughout the episodes, and I want them, you know, primarily to right. be stuff that is unheard of or that people, yeah, it's local bands or or big bands that people haven't heard of. But uh, but yeah, I love I love uh, sending up the little guys. Absolutely. So, so we kind of jumped into what you're doing now. Let's go, let's go back to your beginning roots where, um, <laughs> yeah, where do you get started musically or where do you grow up? How's that all, how's that all kick off? Yeah. Okay. So I guess it all started when, uh, I turned 13. So I was born in 1984. So I guess do the math. Yeah, so you're the same age as me. What, what month in 1984? January. Oh, oh, so you were, see, I'm the end. I'm December. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, January 16th, 1984. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, my 13th birthday, um, well, let me go even farther back. Uh, my, my family, my aunts, my uncles, my grandmother, my grandfather, yeah. they were all musical. Oh, we That's were awesome. All go camping and we would sing by the fire and that sounds like a postcard or storybook. That sounds awesome. <laughs> no, I, I, there were some great times to my childhood. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, we would sing songs and somebody would always be playing the guitar with the song, you know, and, and they would all just pass the guitar and sing songs and stuff like that. So, I grew up like just being a part of it and wanting to yeah. uh, to do it. I think I got a guitar when I was like six, but I just smashed it and broke it. And <laughs> what you a six-year-old will do with a guitar, right? Right. It wasn't time yet, but when um, I was thirteen, I think my whole family did this reverse psychology thing. It was like, all right, you, you know. Because I, I would beg for a guitar. I was like, it was my 13th birthday. I want a guitar. I want a guitar. Yeah. And uh, my parents wouldn't get me a guitar. They're like, no, you can't have a guitar. You know, look at all your family and they're all poor and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, even at 13 years old, they were like, no, you're not doing this. <laughs> I was like, but I'm a rebel and I yeah. have to do it. You know, so... Uh, so my uncle gave me one of his old guitars for, for my birthday. And, you know, it's classic story. I, I played till my fingers bled. Yeah. Like I, I, I played it so much. And I remember, you know, even the first day having it, I, I wrote this stupid song with like two chords, but it was my own song. Like I, I, you know, <laughs> it's nice. like, 
I constructed it and, uh, and it was funny. Like, uh, my uncle was like, he, he's really good at the guitar and he even, I think he even worked for Fender at, at one point in time at the factory, like making guitars. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a cool dude. But, um, anyways, uh, he was like, here's a book. Like, we're not going to teach you how to play this, you know? And, um, you know, if you get better, then you can trade this guitar in for a better guitar. Was it an electric or acoustic? It was an acoustic guitar, and the action was so high. Oh, man. I'm 13-year-old little fingers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the action was so high, and there were, they were not nylon strings. They were steel strings. Oh, man. And I remember uh, it was a good guitar, though. It was called a trump. It was a Trump guitar, okay. which is weird uh, <laughs> nowadays because yeah. Trump's running for president and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you but didn't anyways, know he could shred. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was his, his company made a, <laughs> you know, Trump guitars. But yeah. anyways, so I, I had that and, uh, I, dude, you would tune the thing and by the time you were done tuning the last string, the, it, would, it would all be out <laughs> of tune. Yeah. <laughs> That's the point of the guitar. It wasn't for you to play. It was for you to learn how to tune. That was it. Dude, seriously, because that, I mean, that, that thing was literally, it was so bad, but, um, I quickly graduated from a a Trump guitar and then he got me a Fender acoustic Nice. and, uh, it was the camping guitar and it was all banged up and, you know, got some history on it. Yeah. There was like a whole kind of a small hole, uh, you know, um, and uh, <laughs> it was just kind of like, all right, well, this one stays in tune, but it's not pretty. It's yeah. got a lot of love marks on it. So if you bang it up, I'm not really going to be, you know, too uh, upset at you. Sure. So it's like, sweet. Now this guitar sounds great. Um, but uh, but then then uh, my parents were very religious. So okay, um, I I got a bunch of sheets of. Uh, worship songs yeah and all the worship songs had um chords on it and they literally had some of them anyways had pictures of how to play the chords on the sheet music oh like, really yeah like um and so i would go up to the worship leaders and ask if i could have uh any of the i mean i traded them like pokemon cards dude like it was like you got this one, like, oh, joy, faithful or whatever. And yeah. it's like, yep, I got that one already. I know all those chords. You got something else for me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dealing. We have right, dealing. Right. So I would, I would learn these, these worship songs, and they would teach me new chords. Yeah. And, uh, of course, I had, a, I, I had a book, too, that had all the chords in the back of the book. Yeah. Um, so I could look those up. But... Um, really more of just learning how to play this and how this chord goes nicely into this chord. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's really where my music came from and where I grew up um, because once I started playing the guitar, the drums started making sense. Oh. Piano started. So you're, you're a multi-instrumentalist. And the bass, yeah, yeah, actually. I mean, I never owned a drum set. So that's probably the worst, you know. Yeah. But um, being a vocalist, I feel like I've got really good rhythm. Yeah. Um, 
you know, even in my band, uh, in a lot like birds, if we don't play to a click, um, and Joe, Joe always plays to a click. Uh, but when the clicks broken or something like that, it's like, Oh my God, like I'm singing so much longer or, you know, oh, like okay. feel the breath cause you're yeah. singing the, the word longer or shorter, you yeah. know what I mean? You're like, Whoa, this isn't what I'm used to. You know, I, I should have taken a bigger breath or something yeah. like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so after the guitar, like other instru- instruments started making sense in my head. And so, you know, uh, that's, I mean, I, I, that's kind of where I can, you know, do like, you know, pretty simple stuff on my, on my own, like solo music. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I got that whole thing. And my cousins, um, my cousin, Bob, he's, you know, they, they had a, a, a band before I was even like allowed to have a band, <laughs> you know, like they would practice, um, and I'd be able to go to their practices. I never was allowed to go to their shows because uh, my, my mom was like, Nope, yeah. you know, there's, there's this there, there's that there. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to be a part of that. But I got to, I got to just hang out at their practices and, so I would try and have practices like at my school. Um, I went to a private school, and uh, but I got to be really good friends with the music teacher. So on like lunch breaks and stuff, he would let my crappy, you know, rip off Rage Against the Machine rap rock, <laughs> you know, play play in the band room. That's great. And so, and then I remember kids would just watch us through the, through the windows and stuff. Like they'd be like, what the hell is going on? You know? <laughs> and, uh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved that feeling. I loved, you know, being a part of something with everybody else. I loved, you know, picking out names and, and making logos and stuff. It was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is what I want. You know, what was the name of that first band? Oh God. <laughs> the one that, that we played. I think it was called Dismay. <laughs> That's good, man. I love that. Dismay, yeah. I, would, I can I can imagine the uh, the logos now. And the angst. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god. And it was and you know like I was so young back then and impressionable. Sure. You know my lyrics were somewhat like Christian too and yeah. stuff like that. It was like oh god, this is <laughs> this is bad. This is hilarious. But um. Yeah, so that happened in middle school. Uh, high school, I got really into like you know more mellow contemporary stuff. Believe it or not, okay. well, and and Deftones and stuff like that. So yeah, I loved Deftones. I loved Rage Against the Machine and you know Soundgarden and Tool yeah, yeah. and shit like that. You know everything that my cousins listened to. And, sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I liked towards the high school time, I got really into counting crows, uh, and like, you know, more mellower stuff like Elliot Smith. Okay. And, uh, and I really, really started branching out into that singer songwriter, uh, you know, kind of area yeah. and, yeah. um, started playing at coffee shops, uh, just open mic nights and stuff. That was really, really like, you know, 
uh, nerve wracking just being sure. up there and every everybody watching you and being quiet. I used to go to uh, this place called the Placerville Coffee House. Uh, it's still there. It's like um, been owned by like ten different people or whatever yeah. uh, throughout the years. But um, I think they still do an open mic night there. And I've always I've always wanted to go back and just do open mic night. <laughs> Just and because back where like, it all started. Yeah, yeah. And actually I was doing an open mic night and a band saw me play and they were like, Hey, we don't have a singer. And that was five minute oh. ride. That was my my first high school band that got we actually got signed to uh Rise Records before oh, Rise shit. Records was even a, a a you know, somewhat it was it was a big deal, but it wasn't like a big deal nowadays. Yeah. Like um you know, Anatomy of a Ghost was on <laughs> was on Rise Records yeah. and like Fear Before the March of Flames, but you know, five minute ride is that what you said? Five five minute ride, awesome. yeah. <laughs> My my first my first band and it was a screamo band and we put out two records and uh, yeah it was it was a that was like my first taste of it I was in that band for five years and we did really really crappy you know tours and whatnot but uh, but yeah I mean it's just one of those things you gotta you gotta start somewhere and yeah you know being stranded because you're broke and trying to make it to the next show calling I you know calling up my parents being like just another hundred dollars if you could just send me one more hundred dollars <laughs> yeah you so know what did what did your parents think when you were like when they said you're not gonna do you're not gonna follow that lifestyle and then there you were doing it and getting signed and touring did right. they eventually it come was- around or has it always been just like no nah, I don't really talk about it <laughs> They were, yeah, at first they were not supportive, yeah. but now they are, they couldn't be more thrilled. That's it's like, awesome. Yeah, like they, they're so, so very, very proud of me. And um, I think what they were really worried about is me getting into like the cover band scene. Like, really? Just, just like, play, well, because that's kind of what my uncles do still to this day. And, there just isn't really like it, you you hit a a ceiling very very quickly yeah uh, you know you get yeah you get paid probably like $500 to play you know four sets you know you're playing like 5 hours worth of music or something like that and you're and you're getting paid pretty good but you're not going to get any more than that right. like nobody you know you could be the best cover band in the entire world you know, and you're you're probably gonna get more, but y- y- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, original music is a little different. It's yeah. like, you know, and um, yeah. My mom once once I once I started playing like, uh, not like screamo, loud, hardcore, post hardcore music. 
like she loves my solo stuff. Oh, I that's mean, she, awesome. She likes the other stuff too, but like she really, really likes the solo stuff. Um, well, that's and, great to hear. Yeah, and 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 so they've always really supported me, and even even then when I was you know when I wasn't doing well and had to hit them up for money because we were broke on tour, you know what I mean? And it just fell apart. Um, they were totally there for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were, I, I, but then, like I said, I just think they were scared that I was just gonna fall into the bar scene of, uh, you know, well, I got a gig on Monday and I got a gig on oh, Tuesday. Gotcha. We got the jazz festival coming up, you know, <laughs> the beer garden, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, and not that that's bad and not that, you know, a lot of people, you know, my, my family makes, you know, my uncle used to play for this band called Nielsen Pearson, uh, you know, back in like the eighties, seventies, eighties. Um, he filled in for Dave Giribaldi, uh, from Tower of Power. Yeah. And he knew, um, Billy Cobham of the Mahavishnu Orchestra, who also, played drums for uh, Miles Davis. Um, So, like, you know, they definitely, like, knew what they were doing, and they had a time when they were doing original music. But, uh, you know, know, shit happens. Not everybody gets a big break. And and so um, playing covers, you know, and playing sets at a, you know, at a bar is – is a little bit more stable than right. making original music and, and, you know, uh, really trying to, uh, go for the gusto and just be like, well, we'll see how it goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's just interesting that, you, you know, usually parents' concerns are like, you know, just being in a band, touring, drugs, sex, that whole thing. So like just that very specific, like, oh, we don't want you falling in with like the cover band whole aesthetic. That's just like, I never (laughs) even would have thought of that being a problem. (laughs) That's like not even on the radar. I think with that comes what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, getting in that rut is definitely, you know, uh, where that lies. And, and, And you know what, you're absolutely right. It's not like it's, (laughs) <laughs> it's not like original music people don't do drugs right. and you know and have sex and and you know get probably horrible diseases and whatnot yeah but um you know i i think it was more so like you know if you're it if you're going to have a career you know it it should be a a reputable career you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. you you shouldn't be the guy playing you know yeah carry on my way was, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like a <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. times. And that's just the thing you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my uncle plays that song. Tell me something good. Like sure. just amazing. Like, yeah. and he can sing it and play drums at the same time. That's awesome. He can play bass. He can, I mean, they play all sorts of instruments and, uh, you know, I, I definitely tip my hat to those guys and there's really nothing wrong with playing, cover music um at all i think it's right. a it, you know a, an amazing craft but uh i think yeah for my parents it was like you're better than that you yeah. need to you know if you're gonna do this music thing you you know you better do it <laughs> so when my, oh sorry go yeah. ahead oh my my mother uh like went to the junior olympics for gymnastics oh wow and, man this family uh, 
my my father was a three time gold medalist in the nineteen seventy six world champions uh, world championships. <laughs> so what is this family? This is quite the you, bloodline. If you do something, you need to do it yeah. like for real. Yeah. You like just you know what I mean? Like yeah. you better commit. You can't just half ass it in this in this family. And um my <laughs> my poor sister, she is so talented. Um but uh my mom is a Gestapo. <laughs> when it comes, you know, oh, so yeah. you want to dance, huh? All right, well, well, you're going to the best ballet yeah, college. Yeah. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Yeah. If you want to act? Okay, well, you're going to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I guess that, yeah. <laughs> it, it's If you're going to do something, definitely, definitely yeah. do it. So. I mean, that's good advice. If you're going to do it, go all the way through. I mean, unless it's just like a little thing you like to fill the time with. But if it's something that you're passionate about, yeah, go, go, go exactly. the whole way. Well, and, and yeah, it just kind of goes back to my, my mom. Like, you know, she doesn't know how, uh, what a hobby is. You know oh. what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> you will crush it at everything you will do. Right, right. And, you know, um, you know, her whole high school, college career was all about gymnastics, and she didn't really have any, you know, she, of course she had friends, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't yeah. a social life. It was, you know, you wake up, you work out, you know, you, you, you go to school, you do what you can, you go, you get out of school early, you go to the gym the whole day, you know. Um, yeah. Um, gymnasts are crazy. Oh, I don't Most gymnasts, that, yeah, most gymnasts that are, like, trying to get into, like, you know, the Olympics or, you know, get on the, you know, United States, you know, Olympic team, they homeschool. They can't even go to oh. school. They, dude, seriously, they sleep at the workout gym. You wow. know what I mean? Like, they have, like, places where they sleep because they don't even go home. Like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's that crazy. And the only reason I know is because my my dad, he, he coaches gymnastics now. Like, okay. And, he sends people to the Olympics. It's crazy. Wow. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's got a gym in, in Texas and, uh, they do, they have little places where, you know, the, the girls can, can, uh, do their homework and they have little like lounge areas where you can just kind of kick it and watch TV. You know what I mean? Because it's literally, it's, it's, it's such a commitment. Yeah. Um, cause you have to train that hard and, uh, it's crazy. So, five minute ride. You yeah, signed to rise. Yeah, you said that band. You you were in the band for five years, or the band was around for five years. The band was around for about five years. Yeah, I I came into the band pretty much when it started. They had like three songs that they had recorded with no vocalist. So yeah, um, so the band was had been around for five years, and it, you know it just differences in the band it kind of fizzled out sure. uh and uh a lot of well, actually the guitar player from that band the drummer from that band um and me started a new band uh called oh the joy
that's what we did. Um, and uh, we had this crazy prog, you know, Mars Volta sounding band. Um, and I think we did that for like three years, I want to say. Um, it was kind of short-lived. Yeah. Um, we put out one record and it was it was cool for what it was. Uh, we recorded with the guy that did Hella. His name was Aaron Prowitz. Is Prowitz? Yeah, and uh, he had done uh, Hella, and he did a Neil Young record, and he did uh, shit a Pantera record or some shit like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. It was, it was, I think he like just kind of engineered some stuff on it or whatever. But sure. um, yeah. Yeah, and we recorded at Tiny Telephone, which is the famed, uh, like, uh, Death Cab for Cutie, San Francisco studio. Wow, um, I forget. Uh, I think Transatlanticism was was recorded there, and that was, like, the big deal. Like, you know, Transatlanticism, Death Cab's record yeah, got recorded at Tiny Telephone. So, yeah. So we recorded there, and then we got signed to this french label called Distyle records which i still haven't seen a dime from them and they <laughs> they are still selling the record like you know i i just i have no i've kind of considered that band a wash yeah. <laughs> um but but you know because i was in that band and uh you know other bands um i got the dance gavin dance gig so that that's really, I mean, Five Minute Ride used to play with Dance Gavin Dance um, in it in the earlier stages, and uh, when they decided to part ways with Johnny for the first time, um, I was the first pick. They were like, "Well, let's get Kurt to sing." Oh, that's so. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was on the light rail, and I got this call from uh, Eric Rushing, my manager, and was like, "Dude, I've got a band for you. You know, you have to, you have to audition for this band." And I was like, "All right, who is it?" And it's like, "It's Dance Gavin Dance." And I was just like, "Oh yeah, I know that band." <laughs> and like, like you know, to be honest, like, and I know this probably sounds pretty cliche, but. I didn't really listen to them all that much. You know what I mean? Like, I thought they were good, but, like, I really didn't, you know, have that whole mentality, like, holy shit, this is my right, favorite right. band. And I, this is my big break, you know? Like, I was just kind of like, okay, well, they're a big band. They're an active band. They're touring. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 you know, I'll audition. And uh, it was crazy. Um, they flew in Kellen Quinn, the singer from uh, Sleeping with Sirens. Oh, really? And uh, that band is so huge. And that's the guy that I had to beat to to get the Dance Gavin spot. Well, not really beat, but because I guess singing is all really relative. But um, I, I yeah, they, I remember them saying like, "Yeah, he had a great voice, but it was a little like girly," you know. 
like it was a little too too feminine yeah you know and they were like you've got like a, a good grit to your voice I was like sweet <laughs> so I, I got the job <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah it's crazy I've talked to Kellen about that and he's like man it's so weird like you know what could have happened yeah. you know what I mean like you know Kellen Quinn singing for for dance you know uh where would I be you know what I mean like holy shit yeah. but uh you know, yeah, because if it wasn't for DGD, that I mean, that was that was really my my big break was was getting to sing for Dance Gavin Dance and and doing that and like, I mean, we just we just got done doing uh, the ten year uh, anniversary tour with Dance Gavin Dance, right? And uh, God, that tour was literally the biggest tour I've ever been on. It was it was awesome. Tons was, of people there. Oh my God. It was sold out almost every single night. Wow. And, uh, like in, in the A markets, like in Chicago and stuff, like we played like huge venues and it was like, holy crap, kids were going freaking ape shit. Like we were the <laughs> Beatles or something, you know, it was great. It was, I mean, it was awesome. Um, the only crappy part was the sound, the sound was horrible. In Chicago? And like, yeah. <laughs> That's a they bummer. kept having problems with their power. The power would shut off, but luckily our set was fine. A lot like Bird's set was fine, and uh, so was Dance Gavin Dance's set. But I think Shell's set was hor- like it was a nightmare for them because stuff kept shutting off in the middle of their songs, and like it was bad. Yeah, but. I mean, the kids. The kids were happy about it. <laughs> Speaking of kids, can you hear this kid yelling at you? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's being rude. She's being very inconsiderate and not being quiet. No, she, she sounds cute as a button, dude. <laughs> um, Lauren and I are are you, you guys are beating us. Oh. My wife and I, we we, we definitely want kids soon. Yeah. We're uh, well, we're actually going to kind of like a. Uh, uh, a kids counseling sort of seminar. Oh, uh, nice! Just to kind of gear us up for you yeah. know, it's a good idea. Know, raising your kids the right way, you know, like I, and you know, just from growing up and stuff, you get a bunch of bad habits, you yeah. know. And I don't want to, I don't want to pass that on to to my children. So that's a good idea, man. It's very responsible of you too. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's it's not all me. My my mother is pretty much bribing me. She's like, <laughs> I'll pay I'll pay one of your tickets if you if you go to one of this you know if you go to this thing. So <laughs> that's still cool though. I think there's yeah, a lot to learn. It's very though. cool, and uh, yeah, it's. I mean, my parents go with me, so it's nice. it's nice once a week to kind of be like, hey, how's it going? You know, so yeah. It's, it's so, are nice. you, are, do you all live? You all live in California, or where do you all live? Yeah, um, pretty much all of my family lives in Sacramento. Isn't that crazy? Oh, like, I thought you said your dad had a gym in Texas, so I was thrown off. Okay, so, so yeah, he he lives in Texas. Okay. Um, my parents divorced when I was like two or oh, something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my mother remarried uh, when I was ten, and uh, and so he's kind of more the the guy that raised me sure. his name is Greg and uh, awesome guy very very cool guy Greg or Craig Greg G yeah Greg big ups to Greg 
Greg Travis. Yes, yeah. sir. Um, and uh, yeah, my my name used to be Kurt Thomas. And okay. uh, when when I was ten, <clears throat> my mother remarried to Greg Travis, and uh, I decided to you know uh, take that that new step with them. Yeah, that's and, cool. uh, you know, take the name and, uh, and, you know, we're, we were all kind of rebooting, you know, yeah. so I, cool. I, I felt like that was a good idea. And, and I, I made my middle name Thomas. Oh, okay. Uh, so nice. I still kind of have my, my father's name, but it's, it's now my middle name. Yeah. So. Well, that's yeah, cool, yeah. man. That's, that's a nice little insight. <laughs> yeah. It is, man. My, my folks split when I was like six. So. It's it's it was super common, man. Like yeah. I, I Especially don't know for our age age group, yes. our age range. Yeah, I feel like man, I don't know what what was in the water back then, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like yeah. I just feel like that was such a common thing. Like oh yeah, my parents are divorced. Yep, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, I stay with my dad on the weekends, and I you know mostly with my mom. You know, like yeah. that was yeah. I remember being like, holy crap, your parents are together, like to a friend or whatever. Yeah, I had friends like those. That's so awesome, you know? (laughs) That was more of a rarity, which is so sad. Right, right. So, and you know what, though? Like, when I got married, I was like, this is it. I am not going to put my kids through this. I'm not going to put myself through this. You know what I mean? Like. So uh, when I got married, it was like, all right, this, this I, I better know without a, you know, right, yeah. sliver of a doubt, you know, because yeah. I am not, I am not going back on this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just, you know, it's hard. It's hard for, for your children. Yeah. It's hard for everybody, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I get it, man. Like, you know, being married, you know, being married even to someone who's your absolute best friend, it's not easy. Even living yeah. with, I mean, being in a band with people that you like isn't easy. So being married to right. someone who <laughs> constantly right. sees you and and is with you when you're at your absolute worst, like, yeah, yes. I get it. It's tough. <laughs> and I think maybe, I mean, I'm not, I'm not casting judgment on anybody no. back in the, back in the eighties, but yeah, maybe they were just kind of like this isn't working out. All right. You know, fine. Let, you know, let's, let's end it. And, you know, uh, you know, my mom kind of told me the story of how they split and it was very much like, I thought your dad was going to just come back, but then he didn't, you know what I mean? It was like one of those, like, well, we could have stayed together, but we just ended up not, you know? And it's like, what really? (laughs) Like, it's like, what? When, when did, um, when did you get the real, like, were you told one story when you were little and then got the real story later on? Or was she like, pretty you know frank with you like from the beginning you know i did get a newer version once i was older yeah 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 i did too so i was just curious like yeah at what age did you have that talk like that's a, it's a big talk to have like all right it was literally like a couple years ago it was yeah. like you know what this is what really happened yeah you should be super mad at your dad you know what i mean <laughs> like that sort of thing like you know we both screwed up yeah. <laughs> you know so, yeah. and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I've, I've yet, I've yet to get into a divorce on the podcast, but I, you know what? I can, I can, <laughs> I can do a whole podcast on that, man. Like, yeah, right. It's, it's there's, I mean, it's, you know, there's, 
good and bad sitting there. And yeah, like I said, I went through the same stuff. And, and it's weird because had my parents not gotten divorced, I probably would have had no musical in, I mean, maybe like my dad played yeah. French horn. He was in drum corps. And, um, but when he, when my parents split, then when he remarried one of the Christmases of my dad and stepmoms, they bought musical instruments for my stepbrothers and I. So that's where I was like, Oh, what is this stuff? Like I'm going to sit and play the drums. Otherwise I don't think I would have really cared about playing the drums or at least at that point. So yeah. we wouldn't, we wouldn't have any freaking Dr. Manhattan. That's true. Or at least it would they would have had a better drummer. One or the other. so good so good i'm glad we got we got to button this right back to uh right Right? back to the right back to the story again so i was gonna ask um at what point do our our uh our paths cross in when you joined dance game and dance have you had you been in there for a while was it pretty new that i it was brand spanking oh wow okay yeah that we went on tour together um and and it only was like a few shows, wasn't it? It was like I two think, or three shows. Uh, but I, was I remember, to remember seeing you guys like countless times afterwards. Yeah, you know? that see that's I think maybe that's where I get confused because I feel like it was like oh that was like because I was talking to Mike Abuso from the Venetia Fair right the other day, and and he was yeah. like oh I know Kurt and we were going back and forth. He's like oh wait how do you know him? I was like oh we toured for like two weeks. But then I was thinking about it, I was like was that two weeks long? I don't even remember. Like how it could have literally been like a weekend tour. It just Maybe our 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 uh, paths just crossed so many times it just felt like yeah we toured for a couple weeks. <laughs> right, right. No, it, okay. So it was right after the first tour that I had done with Dance Gavin Dance. That was the very first. Oh one, wow. Okay. Are, I remember we played a show, um, and uh, with you guys, and we played a brand new song, and I remember it was Alex English, and we hadn't even recorded it yet. I had literally, me and John Mess were like, we don't have any of the lyrics like finalized. It's like whatever, we'll just we'll just you know watermelon, watermelon, watermelon. You know, like what? So is is that a common phrase? Watermelon, watermelon. <laughs> well, I, I just feel like if you want to play off lip syncing, you can just say watermelon, and it, it kind of looks it kind of looks the right way. That's great, but. No, but anyway, so we just kind of winged it, and I remembered that show, and that was after the Poison the Well tour, so we were getting routed back home. Okay. So, like, you you guys had played with us, I want to say, those, like, three or four shows that yeah. we were coming home on, you know? Yeah, they were in and, Florida. Uh, I remember that, or, like, southeast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... um Dude, and then we like instantly became like homies, and so, <laughs> so after after those string of shows, like whenever we'd see you guys, yeah. we would always like just hang out and yeah, and uh, and kick it, and and, and you know, get well, into shenanigans. You well, guys were always getting into something. <laughs> so so speaking of those shenanigans, that I was <laughs> see this is where it all blurs together for me because we played in Florida together, but. 
we we crossed paths in like Austin, Texas at some point, and that's when right. you and I did the karaoke together. But that <laughs> was that a part of that? That wasn't a part of that tour, was it? That was just we both happened to. Did we just happen to play the same show, or was that even that tour? I don't even remember. I want to say I want to say that was like a South by Southwest thing. Yeah. We had already played a show, and we were you know, having fun. Yeah. And then we were like, Oh, let's go do karaoke like that. Well, so that so th- sounds about, so this is, this is, this is my half of the story, or at least how we ended there. We, I don't remember <laughs> what we were doing. I think it, it might, yeah, maybe it was South by Southwest or it was just like a one-off show, but we, we played, yeah. we played some, some decently sized venue and the band, the headliner was fair to Midland. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. yeah so and we had never heard of them and they were like you know we watched a little bit of them and they're like wow these guys are like they're they're, they're very like core fan base like they knew all their words and stuff i was like oh they're kind of like a big thing around here so dude a lot like birds loves that band. oh wow so there so weird how that all connects um we had played with them at ace of spades Um, oh nice like I want to say, like four years ago, at this point, like it was when we had first started, and okay. and uh, and it was yeah, like dude, that that the singer's voice is just incredible. Yeah, yeah. crazy range. Just, I remember that being yeah. blown away by the guy, the singer, and and the keyboardist played like all the keyboards were like super angled, like not flat, <laughs> not flush, like on a like forty five degree angle. I remember being like, what? How? Why? <laughs> yeah. That's and the stuff I remember. Um, right. <laughs> and so then so then we play that show, and then somebody at the show or involved, I don't even know, is like, hey, next door, there's this loft party that Camel is sponsoring or Marlboro. And it's like, and if you smoke, oh my God. and if yeah. you smoke, you can get, you get free cigarettes. And none of us did except our buddy Reed. So we all just signed up and gave him all the cigarettes. <laughs> and... <laughs> And and that and they had free food. They had a bunch. They had like empanadas yeah. and like a whole Mexican spread. And we were like, "Fuck yeah!" And we, and I, I, I just don't know where our our how we get involved with each other's bands. Like, I don't know if we had been talking, like, "Oh, hey, we're both here at the same time" or what. But then somehow you end up there with us, and, yeah. and I think it was just you. I don't even know if it was any of the other guys. Um, well, okay, so now it's making sense. So we uh, Dance Gavin, it was our last show of that tour. Um, with us? And you, it, or I think it was Poison the Well okay. or something like that. But we had – I remember it was the last show because we didn't have another show after that. We just drove home. Okay. Um, and, dude, I remember that night very vividly because I had quit smoking cigarettes <laughs> – for two months, <laughs> like literally, like I and I was a pack a day guy. Smoke, yeah. Like quit smoking for two months because I got the the gig with Dan Scavin. I was like, all right, I'm quitting smoking. That night, I did the exact same thing. I was like, oh, I don't smoke anymore, but I can I can sell these cigarettes <laughs> to Matt Mingus, you know. <laughs> 
And I, I didn't sell them to Matt. I ended up getting drunk and I ended up smoking one and then like literally did not quit smoking until literally like three years ago. <laughs> I, I, so I you have us to thank for that. Dude, ser- <laughs> but they gave, they gave us a free beer, yep. a Tecate beer, tacos, like a Zippo. Yep. A fucking like like a keychain like they gave us literally <laughs> everything. They were like, yep. "We're we know we're giving you all this stuff for free, but you're gonna pay for it for the for the next eight years." <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and but, so we're there, and there's they have full band karaoke, like punk karaoke or rock yeah, karaoke, yeah. and I remember. The guys, like we had all been talking, like, oh, let's do a song, all of us together. And so I sign us up and then they call the name or maybe it was like, like I saw, I don't know. We're like, oh, I think we're coming up close. And then none of the guys wanted to do it anymore. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't want to do this either, but I signed my name up. So then I think I just turned to you and I'm like, dude, you got to help me out here. Like, I cannot go up on stage and do this by myself. And you were (laughs) totally game. And we went up and we sang... Either Black Sabbath or Ozzy Osbourne. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I think it was... Uh, it wasn't Crazy Train. It was something else, I think. No, it was something else. But you knew oh. the... I think you knew the words, because I didn't. No, I did, and I think it was like... What's the other one? Like, Paranoid or something yeah. like that? I think it I was think something it was like that. I think it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> Because I remember at some point I'm like up there with you looking at you and I'm like, I don't fucking know the words of this song. So then I just started like kicking and dancing. And then at some point you hit like the long 80s like metal note, like, yeah, for like 30 solid seconds. And the crowd went fucking wild. They loved it. (laughs) Like right at the end of the song, just held it out. And then that's how that song ended. I probably forgot the words. So I was just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to hit the highest note I can. <laughs> they loved it, man. They loved it. You played right to them. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's when I, when I, every, like every, you know, every, you got like one solid or one memory that you think of first when you think of people. Whenever Absolutely. I think of you or your name, that's what comes up is doing that's karaoke. so awesome. In like I, Austin, Texas. I, I remember that night, but I kind of forgot about the whole karaoke thing. I remember getting the free smokes. Yeah. And that being a pinnacle moment of me like <laughs> smoking cigarettes again. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah. We we did we did Black Sabbath and we did it well. <laughs> and that's the only time I've ever done karaoke and will ever do karaoke, <laughs> so we share a special bond. I popped your karaoke cherry. <laughs> karaoke cherry. Yeah, you did it. You're responsible. You're the reason I haven't done it again, because I'm like, how am I supposed to follow that 80s note? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I, I, I ruined your hey, man. experience forever. Hey, man. No, no sorries needed. Um, <laughs> so how? So, so you're in you're in dance, Gavin Dance for how long? 
I'm in I'm in that band for I want to say three years. Okay, because there was I I remember doing a tour before I didn't have a record, and then we wrote the record, and then we toured extensively that year, and then we wrote another record, and then we toured extensively on that record, and then we were about to do another one, and that's when I got the boot. So okay. In fact, I was starting to like write things to the the demos that uh, that they had, and then um, and they were, then you know I think we went on one more tour, and then they they gave me the boot. So so what goes down? So I you know dance Gavin dance being the band that they are, uh, you know they're literally like kind of like Fleetwood Mac where like they didn't have uh you know a solid uh you know roster of band right. members literally every tour was a different a different band member and yeah. it it even is like that now i yeah. mean like they still don't have like a permanent like second guitar player yeah. it's just will and matt mingus on the drums and Tim Fierick is not even an original uh, bass player. He's my friend yeah. that you know I played music with a long time ago. And he actually quit the band, and now he's back in the band somehow. <laughs> <laughs> like, he quit the band. They replaced him with another guy named Jordan McCoy, who uh, used to play in this band called uh, K-Sera, which is okay. weird because there's a band now called K-Sera, and... They're nothing like that other band, Kesera. <laughs> um, was the other Kesera from like Washington or something, or Oregon, or uh, Kesera was I thought, yeah, from the West Coast. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Now there's a Kesera that is like from the East Coast. They're from like Pennsylvania or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yep. And they're you know not that they're a bad band, but they were just completely different sounding. Right. And uh, so, yeah, they had Jordan McCoy, and then all of a sudden, just Tim just gets back in the band. I don't know how. Like, he's just <laughs> like, yep, I'm back in the band. So, um, but yeah. Uh, so, like, that band being, you know, we change members anytime we want because yeah. it just doesn't matter. Our fans, you know, they're... They're such diehard fans, they really don't care. Right. Um, and it kind of became, you know, somewhat of a saga. So um, I remember there was a, there was one tour where there was a slight falling out um, between me and, and another one of the members, and yeah. I didn't really think anything of it. And then the next tour, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> wow. Uh, cool well, and I also, you know, to be fair – you know, I kind of was like, yo, dude, we should kick this bro out because he's being lame. Uh, we should get this other guy in. And, you know, but it it, it had been happening so much yeah. that I thought it was fine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it just, I, I, think, uh, I think it had been long enough to where they forgot how much uh, or the reason why Johnny was not in the band in the first place. Yeah. And uh, Johnny had been doing really well uh, success-wise um, with Amorosa and even his 
like side project with Craig Owens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was pretty tough when I joined the band. It was like a, I had a big shoes to fill and yeah. everybody loved Johnny. And it's, you know, um, it's it's much much different now it's like now that i'm not in the band everybody's like oh my favorite records are the ones you're on and it's like <laughs> shut up mm-hmm. when i was in the band you guys didn't give a crap like you know what i mean like yeah. you guys didn't care at all and 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 i know there's going to be plenty of people that are going to be like what that's bullshit like uh, i i was there from the you know from the get go yeah you know but and and I'm sure that there are, but uh, when I joined the band, dude, I, there was a lot of flack that I got. There was a lot of comments hating on on me, and 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 he doesn't sound like Johnny, yeah. like you know, blah 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 blah. We want Johnny back. I remember there was this one girl, and she was super scened out. She had like freaking the the raccoon eyeliner and shit, you know. <laughs> yeah just black hair and it was all teased up in the back and like her video got like so many hits because the only thing she said was like hey guys like just want to let you know you know i'm just not feeling the new dance gavin dance singer and blah 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 blah. and i remember watching this and being like is this real life like (laughs) are people like gaining fame for having a uh an an opinion one way or another and it, it totally Right. Like this girl was like blowing up and people were like, you're an idiot or like, you know, like, yep, I totally agree with you. And like, you know, just the whole saga, everybody loved it. Everybody ate it up, you know. And then uh, when Johnny came back, you know, uh, he was not in a very good place. Let's just say that. And, uh, you know, and so they – you know, the record that they put out was, you know, not a, not very successful. It had all this hype. It had, like, tons of hype. But, um, I mean, I don't know if, if, if it I, – I never saw any numbers. But I just didn't think it did as well as, like, Downtown Battle Mountain 1 or yeah. something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, so – it's just funny because, like, as soon as I got kicked out and Johnny's back, everybody's like, yay, Johnny's back. But it's been so long to where it's like, well, we like Kurt now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, what do you guys want? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how, you guys just want whatever singer is not in the band at the time. You know what I mean? That that's just is always of, greener, oh, man. Right? <laughs> it's like a David Lee Roth, you know... <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So are you David Lee Roth or are you Sammy Hagar in that equation? I I would consider myself a, a Sammy Hagar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would not consider myself the David Lee Roth in this in this saga. Ah. Um although <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'm I kind of like David Lee Roth more than Sammy Hagar. I think that's a pretty wide known opinion. <laughs> like, I think most, if they did a poll, I think more people would like David Lee Roth than Sammy Hagar. But it's funny, though, because, I mean, if you ever heard him live, he was just horrible. Oh, he was yeah. On so much cocaine, <laughs> you know, and he was jumping around and doing, you know, jumping yeah. and doing the splits all the time, you know, that he just, <laughs> he had. He had no breath to sing, you know? And um, I've seen the same thing with Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
I've seen him run back and forth, uh, just being hopped up on God knows what. Yeah. And he can barely even say his parts because he's just like, you know, he's trying to sing, but he's also running at the same time. And you can't even really talk while you're running. Yeah. So how are you going to sing? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good so, point, man. But yeah, no, if, if I had to pick, I'd, I'd probably be a David Lee Roth guy. Um, <laughs> and it's partly because I watched some movie and the guy was like, I like my Van Halen that rocks, not that sucks. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> David Lee Roth is the only singer. And I, I can't remember what movie it was, but I thought that was the funniest thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Fuck Hagar. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, dude. Like, Sammy Hagar did a great job. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The only reason Sammy Hagar gets a bad rap is because just David Lee Roth was first and he was like, he's the dude. So if Sammy Hagar was the first dude, then people would have been. David Lee Roth would be getting all the crap because he he's not even the better singer. He's just like he's more of a front man than Sammy Hagar. Yeah. And when you know, it's funny that we're that we're talking about this, but Sammy Hagar does, didn't give a shit about Van Halen like like David Lee Roth did. Yeah. Sammy Hagar was already successful being Sammy Hagar. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, what's his name, Chester? You know, being in uh, being in Stone Temple Pilots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure he loves playing for Stone Temple Pilots, but like the dude is uh, a gi-millionaire from Lincoln Park. So, right. it, you know, it, I, I kind of feel like that was the same thing. It was like David Lee Roth was the one getting super jealous of Sammy Hagar, and Sammy Hagar was just kind of like, dude, I'll sing for, Dave, you know, for, uh, for Van Halen, but, I, you know, I could just go back to my Cabo Wabo and, <laughs> you know, make hella money doing that. So yeah. either way, I'm happy, you know, but yeah. yeah. So, so, so the, so the falling out with dance game and dance happens yeah. and how, I guess how long until you're jump like you're, you're just zipping along here, band to band to band. How long do you, does, is there a space between that and a lot like birds happening? How does that come to be? So, very good question. So when when I get kicked out of Dance Gavin Dance, uh, also are you pissed huge... about it or are you just like fuck it, find him out of here? I was sad. Yeah, I was very sad. I wasn't uh, upset. Yeah, I completely understood. Um, I understood, you know, um, the popularity that they were going to get be- and the buzz that they were going to get. You yeah. know, same thing with like Taking Back Sunday. Taking Back Sunday did like the same thing. Like right. we got all our original members back and we're touring now. So yeah. everybody give a shit about us again yep. because because we have all the original members back. Yeah. And so not to dog on Dance Gavin Dance, but they did the exact same thing. They were like, we got Johnny back and we got our old bass player back and like John Mess is back in the band and like, you know, it's it's just like it was, like, you yeah. know, it's what everybody wanted from the from the beginning, you know, and it's like, okay. So, you know, that's cool. So what I did was I was like, All right, I'm gonna take a break from music. Yeah. I I don't even wanna think about jumping back in, you know, like I'm just gonna, you know, 
do my own thing and write my own songs. And uh, that didn't last for very long. I, <laughs> I will admit that did not last for very long at all. Um, I got hit up from, uh, I don't even know if, if these bands want me to say this, but like, I can I, cut it if you, if you, if you want to. I, it's, it's probably not a big deal, but it, it's just, uh, it, Tides of Man, they lost Tillion, so they asked me to be a part of their band, and I was just like, dude, no. Yeah. Um, Tillion even asked me. He was like, dude, you can do this. And I was like, there's no way I can sing your parts, dude. Like, <laughs> like you know, thank you for, for uh, you know, for for the offer, but there's no way I'm going to pull that off. Yeah. Same thing with Of Mice and Men. I was almost in Of Mice and Men. Oh, wow. Yeah, I uh, they bought me a plane ticket and everything, and I learned their songs, and I I, I chickened out at the last minute. Um, I just kind of you just knew deep down wasn't for you. Yeah, I just kind of saw myself on stage and didn't really like what I saw. Yeah. Um, no offense to those guys, because holy crap, if I had done that. <laughs> I would be in a in a very different place, but um, you know, it, yeah, my my heart just kind of wasn't in it, and I I I couldn't do it. And um, the heart wants what it wants, man. Right, right. And uh, the the other the the last one that I got an offer for. Um, I love these guys too, but I couldn't. Uh, it was Emerosa. They were like, you know, you did a great job in Dance Gavin Dance. You know, wanna, a little too on the nose. You want to fill in for Johnny again? And I was like, no, no. That's not who I'm going to be, his backup for every band. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not just going to ride the coattails of Johnny Craig's career for the rest of my yeah. life. So I decided not to do that. And, um, and when Johnny Craig leaves his solo project, you can be Johnny Craig. <laughs> 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 exactly yeah no i'll just i'll just tour as johnny from now on <laughs> oh gosh and the, what's funny is we're two completely different singers yeah and, you know his bag of tricks is completely different than my bag of tricks that's yeah. for sure um you know and i just got off tour with that guy and it's amazing how freaking spot on his vocals are every yeah. single night it's incredible um, you know, so I definitely have to have to give it up for 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 JC. He's yeah. you know, he's an incredible singer. Um, you know, but yeah, I would have to say that we have two very very different sets of tool toolboxes. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I I I went back to work. I I went snowboarding. I. Did non-musical things, and uh, then Johnny, um, coincidentally, he asked me uh, to play on his solo tour, um, which is funny that you kind of joke about that, because <laughs> I did. I, I played guitar, I played piano, and I did backup vocals for uh, a whole Johnny Craig tour. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, I did that just to kind of stay relevant, you know? Was that weird at all? Or is it just like, nope, like we have no beef. It's not weird. Well, you know, Johnny and I have never had beef. Yeah. You know, like, um, we've, 
I mean, that was all kind of prefabricated from the fans. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, even like I said, uh, when I was in five minute ride and he was still in dance, Gavin dance, um, we would play shows together, uh, locally. <clears throat> and, um, and yeah, I remember, you know, hanging out, drinking with Johnny and, and, you know, and being cool. And, and when he got kicked out, I, completely remember we were on um i was on aim uh aol instant messenger baby and what was and, your screen name uh oh, dirty no. dirty curdy 69 what was it no no i was even <laughs> it was horrible i i was indie rock indie rock 626 yes yeah i it, yeah <laughs> i i think i was well at one point i was definitely kinky wizard zero zero <laughs> Which, which is a reference from High Fidelity, so <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I remember we were on AIM, and I had just gotten the Dance Gavin Dance, you know, singing part, and uh, and I remember him congratulating me and be, and being like, "Dude, you're gonna do so good, oh, nice. you know, what I mean? like you're gonna you're gonna be awesome, you know, you're gonna do great." That's good. And I was like, "Dude, thank you so much," you know. Um, and we've always had, you know, a, 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 you know, a decent relationship. Like, um, you know, he's, uh, he's kind of a, like his personality is pretty, uh, like he's kind of like that kid that always hits you <laughs> in, in, in high, you know, in yeah. elementary school or something like he's your friend, but he just kind of like slugs you all the time. And you're like, <laughs> Could you just stop hitting me? Like that'd be awesome if you could stop hitting me. <laughs> I know you're talking about. But it's just because he's like nervous and like he, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. But anywho, um, you know, Johnny and I. My point is, we've always been cool, and uh, and a lot of people are like, "Whoa, really? Oh my gosh!" It's like, dude, yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why would you two have any problem? Yeah, I mean, he's not the one that's kicking me out of, right. uh, you know, or, you know, he's not the one that said, you're out, you're in, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. sort of thing. We're just, you know, products of, uh, you know, of, of time, of what's happening, you know? Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, I never I never had any, any beef with him, any uh, weirdness with him. Um, so going out on his tour, it was a little weird just because – you know, he had just come into the band again. Okay. So, like, yeah, literally, I was out, but I was, and he was in, but I was on tour with him, and I remember the very end of the tour, he played his first show back with them. So, and that was really weird for me. Like, yeah, I think I was supposed to play that show with him, and, like, I didn't. Like, yeah. I I just didn't show up. I was like, yeah, I'm not coming. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely hard for me. And after that tour, I really kind of laid low. Um, I worked at a, at a snowboard or a ski resort, um, in Tahoe. And I just kind of, you know, did that. Right. Yeah. And, uh, my buddy Dominic, um, was like, hey man, La Dispute and Touche More and Loma Prieta are playing in Sacramento um, at this little pizza place. And um, 
like I knew Dance Gavin Dance was going to be there. Like I I knew at least like John Mess or like Will was going to be there. Yeah. And like I totally just like didn't want to go. Um and I was just like, "Nah, dude, I don't want to go." And he's like and uh he kind of forced me to go. <laughs> he's like, "Well, I bought you a ticket, so you have to go." And I was like, <laughs> "Well, you know, what what if Will or Matt or John are there and I like it's gonna be weird. I don't wanna talk to them, you know, they kicked me out of their band, you yeah. know? So and I just decided, all right, whatever. Like I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna have fun. If I see them there, it's whatever. I'm just gonna pretend like it's it doesn't affect me. Yeah. And uh I go and a lot like birds is like basically opening up the show. Oh. And they're playing like second or third and I watch this band and they're absolutely incredible. Um, you know, they had Joe already in the band. Corey was singing uh, by himself. You know, obviously I wasn't in the band yet. Yeah. Um, and Michael, uh, the guitar player, was was singing. And uh, and the funny thing is, it was like everything was like super spot on, except for like the vocals needed a little work. Yeah. Uh, like the clean vocals, anyways. Yeah. Um, but they had this, like, they had a trombone player and they had a trumpet player and they had a saxophone player Wow! and it was like this weird explosions in the sky mixed with like Dillinger escape plan and like, <laughs> and then they have this horn part. It's like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> like this band is amazing. <laughs> Like the like I said, the drummer is like the best drummer I've ever seen, and I'm like, wait, this band wasn't even on the bill. We're here to see like Law Dispute and yeah. Touche, right? And um, it's really crazy. After they played, I wanted to go up to Mikey and say, you know, hey, great job, dude. Um, but he came up to me, and he was like, hey, dude, do you want to do like some guest vocals on my on uh, in a lot like Birds? And I was like. Well, where are you guys recording? And he goes, uh, well, recording with Chris Crummett, which was like a complete lie, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he, he says now, like, we're recording with Chris Crummett. And, like, he knew I would, like, just light up because I love Chris Crummett. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no way. You guys are recording with Chris? Like, damn, that's going to be a sick record. And I was like, well, I'll definitely be, like, a feature on your guys' uh, record. Yeah. And um, And it was like, okay, cool. And then, like, that was it. Like, uh, I didn't talk to him, you know, or anybody else in the band for that matter. And, uh, and like, that was basically it. And, um, so then I went home and really thought nothing of it. They didn't really hit me up. Um, and I was like, just kind of thinking about, I was hanging out with Dominic, uh, the guy that brought me to the show. And I was like, man, that band was really, really good. And, it's like, man, I really kind of just want to go jam with them, you know, and like see how it goes. And so that's basically what happened. And and so Dominic had uh, one of their phone numbers 
I think it was Mikey's phone number or something like that. And, uh, and so we like, he basically facilitated it. He was like, Hey, like Kurt, I'm hanging out with Kurt. And you know, we were, you know, seeing when you wanted to jam. So, and then when we, we jammed for the first time and it was just kind of like you, we just could tell it was like, Oh, Oh oh my gosh. Like, what have we just done? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I remember even just fiddling around and like singing on a new song and like I could see Mikey like looking at Ben like smiling and shit being like oh my god like it just really felt right it felt completely right and uh which is weird cuz uh Corey wasn't there yet um he I think he was out of town for some reason um visiting his his parents they live in Georgia okay but um yeah, so Corey wasn't there yet, and then Corey came, and it was just even better. It was, like, even more of a chemistry. Like, we, you know, we're, like, one vocalist, um, you know, uh, where, you know, usually, you know, what I was used to was it was, like, okay, I have my part, and then you're going to wait, and then, you know, you're going to do your part. Right. You know what I mean? It, we kind of, like, broke that sort of pattern and just – we were all over the place, you know, like finishing each other's sentences, you know, finishing each other's lines and stuff within the songs and stuff. And, and, uh, we just really, really hit it off. And, um, it was just kind of like a unanimous thing. It was like, okay, so am I in, am I in the band now? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're in the band. Like we, it has to happen. Like nice. you're in the band. So, um, so yeah, then, then I'm in a lot like birds and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a slow road, uh, just because I think, you know, we're not playing the the most marketable music of all time, but, uh, it's something that I really, really love to do. And, uh, you know, a lot like birds has had great, great success since we've started and, and it's, it's only just climbing even more, um, you know, the only thing I wish we could change is, uh, you know, the, the time frame it's taking us to do our, our third record. Um, ah, gotcha. it's just, man, it's like, there's nothing really wrong. It's just, uh, we all are super ambitious and we all love to play other music. And I think our side projects really help, uh, fuel something like a lot like birds. Yeah. Um, you know, because we're playing something different. Um, but it also, you know, kind of took a lot like birds this time, uh, where we could have been writing and recording. So yeah, that, I mean, I guess in closing on that, um, that, you know, I, I understand why it's taking so long. It's just, yeah, my only regret is not getting a record out sooner because, Um, it's such a, they're, you know, such a good band and people are super, you know, they're super all about it and they're waiting for a new record and we want to give them that record. Uh, but, uh, these songs are really difficult to write. And also we've been doing so many other, you know, different projects as well at the same time. So, um, but yeah, um, I'm super excited, man. Just getting everybody (laughs) salivating. I saw a meme that one of the one of our fans made, and it said "waiting for the new LP," and it was like just a skeleton. You know uh, what? 
<laughs> that's funny because when we we did a Kickstarter to put our uh, our first album out on vinyl, and uh-huh. I was the one who was like behind like doing it all, and it was just taking me forever to do it. And someone gave us that exact meme too. It was like oh, waiting dude. for the vinyl, Doctor Manhattan vinyl, and then the skeleton. I was like, all right, you're right. <laughs> yeah. People have no idea how many hoops yeah. you go through to to produce yeah. a, a, a record on vinyl. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it takes, you think it's going to take this amount of time and it takes probably three times as yeah. much to, to get everything, you know, squared yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so I, so on a personal note, and this is no, you know, discredit to, uh, dance game and dance, but I definitely think what you're doing a lot like birds is my, my personal favorite of Thank of those you. projects um <laughs> and and to be honest i've heard your so- some of your solo stuff too and it's great man why don't you stay I, you know, being a drummer and someone who likes, you know, Mars Volta and tech kind of stuff, like when, when I saw the little announcement about you joining the band, yeah, this is cool. And I heard the first record, I was like, there's some really cool stuff on here. And then you guys came out the second one and that's an album that like, I don't even know if I have the first album on Apple music, but I do have the second one. And that's one that like, when I hear one of the songs on it, I'm like, I got to put the whole album on now. It's not one that I like (laughs) put a song on and let it go. Like, I'm like, all right, start at the top. Like, I got to hear this. It's, I mean, and it's not even just a drummer to drummer thing. Cause you know, the drummer of your band is incredible. Fucking has chops and constantly I'm, you know, air drumming and being like, how the fuck? Like I can't figure (laughs) out the parts. And I, I love a band that does that to me in my brain, but, um, yeah. but even aside from that, like, yeah, I, when we started Dr. Manhattan, the Mars Volta was a big thing. I love techie stuff. My dad yeah. listened to like super proggy kind of stuff so that it just hit it. It hit a note of like all the different kinds of things I like and having you in the band. Like if I had, had you not joined the band, I probably would have never heard of him or really cared about it. Or maybe I would have heard it at some <laughs> point, but it was an it was the little icing on the cake. So I was like, ah, oh, like this is great. Like this is him at like at his best. And this band, like all of them know their shit. Like, and obviously I haven't I haven't seen you live, so that could, you could be just a shit show live. But on the rest, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you'll have to see us live. Yeah, but- no, I I I am sure. I've actually watched some videos of you guys live on YouTube, and you guys are awesome. So I'm uh, it's it, it warms my heart to hear um to hear this shit. Cause I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's very good. All everything that's going on in it is, is super right up my alley. So. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, and you know, being a, a musician, you know, to hear that just keeps you going, yeah. you know, that that's going to keep me going for another couple of years at least. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just well, hearing people, people, people like, you know, saying stuff like that. It's like, okay, I, you need that validity. Yeah. You need mm-hmm. that validity, you know, and, um, cause so many times I've second guessed myself so sure. many times and I know 
you know, even the writers, uh, you know, in A Lot Like Birds, they second-guess themselves so many times as well, being like, this isn't good enough, this isn't good enough, okay, this might be good enough, you know what I mean? Like, let's keep working on it, let's keep working on it, let's keep working on it, and and eventually it's like, all right, okay, this is a song, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's very rewarding and, you know you need that validity, especially when it's, I mean, conversation piece was such a difficult record to record for me. And then no place. The next one, I felt like I died. Like I felt like, you know what I mean? I I put so much work and effort and everything I possibly could into no place. Um, and, you know, I probably also felt like I died recording No Place because I decided to quit smoking uh, like five days before. <laughs> and I was a pack-a-day guy. And um, I did it, though. I freaking did it. I yeah. haven't smoked in like three years. Excellent. Um, Nicely done. Yeah. And, and um, it's really, really helped me. Um, in-ear monitors. I have freaking in-ear monitors <laughs> now, Nick. And You stepped your game up, man. It is so much better. The um, the the DGD ten year anniversary tour that we just did yeah. was the first tour that I did with in ear monitors, and I you know go back and listen to you know my performances on YouTube and whatnot, and it's like so much better. Yeah. It's like oh, finally, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I know I can sing better than that. You know what I mean? It's just like. It's so hard with all elements blaring in your ears and, and you know, you're, you know, being a vocalist, it's just like, you're just picking these notes out of the sky, you know, and it's like, it's it, when you don't have a reference and the monitors are working against you and it's just, it sucks. Yeah. And you listen back and you're like, oh, I'm just, I can't even watch this. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Yeah. I hear p- anyone who says they have in-ear monitors, even just like production guys are like, yeah, it's, it's a game changer. It really is. It It is an absolute game changer. And it's like, I can't, I can't do a tour without it. it, it at least a lot like birds. Yeah. Uh, because we're just so loud. Joe hits his <laughs> drums so hard yeah. and everybody is deaf in this band. <laughs> And I have to stand next to Michael, and he's got um, a freaking vintage Vox AC30 head with a custom Emperor half stack, you know, that, like, is, like, super loud. It's, like, the loudest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. And, dude. More like a loud like birds. Every home hang. I know. No, dude, seriously. <laughs> like, I remember our old merch guy used to be like, dude, you guys sound really good, but you're just so loud. (laughs) Like you're like 10 times louder than any band that gets up on the stage. And it's like, I guess that's a good thing. But (laughs) at the same time, it's like, oh man, like too much of anything is, you know, but yeah. So that's, that's great, man. You've, you've had a, you've, you've had a nice little history of, uh, being in several bands, big and small, you've done solo <laughs> stuff, you manage bands, you run your own label now. I mean, you've you've traversed almost every side of like the industry 
possible at this point. Now you now you know all the ins and outs and and you know not a hundred percent, but enough to know even like in any few you know, you can be a better manager because of it you can run a label better because of it. It's not just you did one, you've seen all the different aspects, so you know you know yeah. what to look for and what where the potential hazards are and stuff. Yeah. I I I would like to to at least you know, be able to tell artists that I want to represent like, Hey, you know, um, I've been there, I've played in front of five people, you know, I've made no money. I've paid to play. Yeah. You know, I've sold tickets. I've done exactly what everybody's doing. And, you know, the only way that you won't make your success, you know what I mean? Like, and of course there's, you know, you know exceptions but like the only way you don't do it is if you actually quit that's the only that's that's your guaranteed you know you're not going to get success if you quit if you stop doing it and that's i i think that's literally the biggest hurdle that everybody has is like oh man i really want to do this but then when the when the going gets tough yeah they just kind of buckle and they like, okay, well, I guess I'm not good at this. It's like, no, we all have to do yeah. this. We all have to start out opening up for, you know, crappy LA bands yep. and pay the Roxy to like, you know, play their stupid show that only four people came and, you know, you're like, why did I pay, yeah. you, know, you know, and drive eight hours down to LA to play with local LA bands and pay to play, you know what I mean? Like I've done that shit and it's, it's all part of it, you know, like, and I like, you know, the last time we went to the Roxy, it was sold out, sold out like a month before we even, you know, started the tour. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, there is, you know, a certain work ethic that you have to have. And, um, in anything i mean not just music but uh you know yeah you you have to have a good product and you but you also have to be the right place at the right time and the only way you can be at the right place at the right time is if you try yeah over and over and over and over and you get that break you know what i mean and so for me you know dance gavin dance you know boosted my career and you know, when I got kicked out, I could have been bummed out and been like, well, that was a good run and I'm and I'm done now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was my that was my fun and that's it. And I feel like most people would would have done that. They yeah. would have been like, all right, well, dance Gavin, you know, they kicked me out. So my career is over. Time to start doing something new. But, you know, literally I couldn't, you know, like I, I had to keep going and I had to bounce back and I had to stay relevant. That's why I took the Johnny Craig, you know, backup vocalist guitar, you know, uh, thing because it, you know, and it's funny, even on that tour, the opening band dropped off the tour and I was able to play my solo songs on tour and open up. Yeah. And I didn't get paid, but I would, you know, I did the whole like, hey, here's my tip jar, you yeah. know, you like my songs, give me some money. And I would always leave with about 30 bucks, you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, That's holy great. shit. So, uh, you know, 
being there, being relevant, staying relevant. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, okay, Johnny Craig took my spot, but you know, I'm going to be rubbing elbows with him on this whole tour, you yeah. know? And the reason, you know, I got other solo tours with Johnny because, you know, I did that tour. And, um, I think David Conway from Doghouse Records, uh, was going to see Mod Sun on that very tour, and he saw me play acoustic and sent me a label offer, you know, like a contract. See? And so... There you go. There you go. And a lot like Birds got signed to Doghouse. So, it, it, you know, I mean, it's just everything kind of happens, you know, and, and if I didn't, if I hadn't taken that, maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't be, you know, I'd be yeah. in a different place. So... Yeah, it's just crazy. It's crazy yeah. how all that works, and um, even my bands, you know, they're you know they're eager to get on tour. They're eager to you know be on tour and 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 share their music. And it's like, well, okay, we'll slow down. You got to have an album. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. got to have an album to sell. And you know, and then they're like, you know, we want to go out on tour with At the Drive-In. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sure. I know. And I'm not saying after driving, but they'll right. I'll be I'll ask them. They'll you know, I want to go on tour with this band. It's like, well, you know, I think that's a great goal, yeah. you know, to to have. But let's just get you out on tour with anybody at right. this point because it's like, you know, tour I, yourselves I'm, don't yeah, even go I'm out with anyone. Advocate in just getting out yeah. there. I don't care who you're going out with. Just get out there, yeah. and and you know, and put out your music, and 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 you'll you'll meet the right people, and yeah. you'll you'll find the right connections, and then you'll be on that tour that you wanted to be on. Well, but, you, can, you can tell them from me, from a guy who who thought every tour that we got with a big band was going to be the one that broke us. That those don't right. necessarily mean anything. You can open right. up for big bands, and then you're still back where you were, like. Like yeah. it doesn't mean you shouldn't, but it also doesn't, you know, it also doesn't mean like, oh, go open for at the drive, and that means you guys are going to be huge now. Right, exactly. And uh, I've, I've, I definitely had an experience like that. It was my first solo tour, um, and I got an offer to go out on tour with Never Shout Never. Oh wow! And I, that's what I thought. I was like, holy shit! I mean, this guy sells out, you know big venues and yeah. stuff and and he he wants me on the tour fuck yeah i'm gonna i'm going to be set yeah you know what i mean so i bought a shit ton of merch i did all you know everything right well i did really bad on that tour uh. i bombed that tour bombed for me because you know it just wasn't my market yeah and uh even though it was sold out with with you know people bursting at the seams yeah uh they didn't they didn't know who i was i was it was just me and an acoustic guitar right people were talking over me people were you know yelling and shouting while i'm playing this really soft folky s yeah. music and um it was just a horrible tour for me yeah. i mean i had fun uh my wife came and my best friend came with me but it was just <laughs> Like I wouldn't sell anything. Yeah. Like at, at some shows, it was like, "Are you kidding me?" That like, sounds like every tour for, <laughs> for us. <laughs> like every big tour, like this is it. Look at this crowd, and then 
people and just then, like staring at you with the dead dead look in their eyes. Yeah, I did. I didn't get it. I was like, <laughs> and I got I I would get super mad. Yeah, and frustrated because I had used to I I had been used to going out on tours, right? And people being like, "Holy crap, that's Kurt Travis," yeah. you know. And now I'm on a tour, and these these people could care less who I am. Yeah, yeah. And, some some fan bases, and and it's so hard to tell because there's, you know, it could be just that tour, it could be just the timing or whatever. But you know, some well, fan bases like just only want to come see that band, and that is right. it. They don't give a shit about anything right. else they see. And that that's you're exactly right. And just never shout never. He has a very niche yeah. uh, group uh, of uh, of a fan base. And uh, you know, I the very next tour I went out on tour with, I think I went out on tour with Johnny Craig and Hail the Sun, and I did. I, it was amazing. I sold you know that's great, great good amount of merch, and um, you know was a great tour, and you know. Uh, tons of kids, you know what I mean? And that yeah. was the tour that, you know, I really, you know, shined on, you know, and uh, so you're absolutely right. It's just kind of like Never Shout Never had that one niche group, uh, you know, of of a fan base and they were only there for yeah. for Never Shout Never, you know? And uh, whereas, yeah, whereas like, with you know being on tour with Johnny and Hail the Sun, that's more of uh, my genre, and those kids are listening to all three of us, yeah. you know, and not just you know the headlining band. Yeah, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, I I learned a very valuable lesson on that tour. It was like, holy crap! Just because it's a sold out crowd does not necessarily mean right. anything, and I would rather play in front of 50 kids that want to hear my music yeah. then play in front of, you know, uh, 500 kids and they're just waiting for me to get off the stage yeah. and they're talking to their, to themselves and they're on their phones and, and you know what I mean? And they're just waiting for me to be done, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that was a huge eye opener <laughs> for you me. Need, you need those though. You, you do. You absolutely do. And, and and I hate to say this, but you know, Never Shout Never's fan base is, is a little bit younger. Yeah. Uh, and it's mostly females. Um, but uh, the people that would come up to me uh that really enjoyed my set were the parents that were there chaperoning nice. the kids. <laughs> so I'd have people come up and being like, Man, that was a great cover of the boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, you know. And they're like, none of these kids know who some <laughs> are. Um, and I'm like, man, this is that's so weird because you know, never shout, never. He's you know, pop folk, you yeah. know that that kind of sound. It's like you know, the, Paul Simon. That's like the biggest dude. That's yeah. the most successful <laughs> dude in the genre. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah. So that was. That was a that was interesting. Yeah. Well, good man. That's yeah. awesome. Those those are some good insights, some good stories, and <laughs> I could easily drag you into another hour of talking. And I, I actually, know. actually I know. as as I was thinking this, I was like, I think I think I just need to have you on again just to talk about 
like running the label and manager side, like just getting into that kind of stuff because that stuff is very interesting to me i've never done it but i've always wanted to like a and r for a label or like be a part of that process yeah it seems super interesting to me so i think it's a lot of fun (laughs) i think i I gotta get you on again and we gotta get into that stuff and uh and hopefully some and and yeah if i can get you on for little minis to talk about bands you've heard that you know are up and coming i you know i'd love to promote stuff like that too so dude i'm i'm down for all three so let's you know, let's let's uh, let's put it down on the calendars and we'll we'll figure it out. Good, man. Well, yeah. Well, thank you. I usually only rope people into like an hour, hour and a half. So this has been like two hours. So I appreciate it, man. <laughs> and your time is valuable. You've already gotten two phone calls and you got uh, businesses to run. So uh, <laughs> and, a, and a wife to go say hey to. So you got a lot of shit. You got a lot of plates spinning, man. Hell yeah. Well, dude, I, it was great talking to you. Yeah, man. You too, buddy. I miss you. Yeah, I, miss, I miss you too. I, I miss- <laughs> Miss you guys and, <laughs> and yeah, it was awesome reminiscing about about the old days. So. Yes, I will get you on again. And if you guys come through Chicago, I need to. I'm I'm the worst about going to shows, especially since I'm in the burbs. And if it's a weekday, it's like there's no chance. But right. if uh, if it lines up, I I have to come out and see you. I don't know the other guys, but just for your sake alone, I got to come out and see you guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah I've got um, I've got a solo tour. Oh, okay. When's and- when's that? It's uh, it hasn't been announced yet, okay. but uh, it's in March. Is it March twenty second? No, no, no. April twenty second to May sixteenth. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will do my damnedest to make it out to the Chicago date. I really enjoy your uh, your solo stuff that I've heard. So thanks, I'll, man. I'll make sure to yeah, pump, yeah. pump that in the through this episode. Awesome, dude. Well, um, yeah. Keep in touch, yes, and uh, and we'll schedule some more because yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good, good man. Thank you. Thank you awesome. for your time. Good talking to you. <laughs> you have a good one. All right, buddy. Take it easy. All right.
Yeah.